You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! (laughs) <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little joke in the industry i don't uh, it's <laughs> too oh. too too tricky to explain it's oh yes most people wouldn't understand such references <laughs> not when you're in such high levels as as we are yeah uh, yeah we we're pretty much at the uh the apex of our careers and oh, uh easily. you know we get, to, we get to have fun like that now we've worked Ex- too hard <laughs> We've worked too hard to not, you know, kick back and enjoy the fruits of our labors. <laughs> I'm not even sure what I'm talking about right now. Hello, everyone on the internet. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. And with me today, I have yet again none other than Mr. Michael Adams. Hello, you sir. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Oh, oh boy. Mm. I mean, can you see my face right now? Uh, no, I didn't think you were going to go literal. I was oh. trying to do my best, Billy D. Williams, and uh, I guess it fell flat. So uh, well, <laughs> thanks a lot, everybody. It's been great being on the Tone Mob podcast. Uh, it works every time. Be sure to look up Blue Apron or uh, whoever. Oh. Uh, some sponsors? I don't remember. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> if, I can wrangle, if I can wrangle a sponsor or two, I, I do not shy away from the sponsor. But... Uh, it's, it's are, you, not... uh, are you like actively courting sponsorships, or, or do you... I don't know. Well, I I do. I have a, I have a couple sponsors, and usually I I um. It just kind of depends on how many episodes they want to sponsor, basically. So That's this rad. may have this may very well have a sponsor on it that we don't even know yet. If you get Blue Apron, I already mentioned them, so you should get on that. <laughs> uh, although I haven't used their service, uh, so I can't say from experience, but. But if I do get so maybe I should hit up Blue Apron after we get done with this. Yeah, they have nothing to do with guitars, but guitar players generally like to eat. So, you know, well, most people generally like to eat. It's kind of like one of those necessary things for survival. I think. Eh, I don't know. I like to. I like to. Uh, uh, uh my brain. What? <laughs> what do you do? You just I'm absorb just things. Come up with a cool comeback. <laughs> edit. Edit. Give me twenty minutes, and then edit out the silence. Um, so were you like, were you talking about like osmosis or something that you just absorbed? I was absorbed? to think of a different word and I couldn't, but yeah, osmosis would be. Okay. Would be pretty much feed off the energy of my enemies. Uh, oh, you have enemies? I'm sure. My God. Uh, there was that kid on YouTube earlier that thinks that, uh, my video is crap because I didn't, I didn't do it the way he thought I should do it. So yeah, that oh. kid's an enemy. Well, that yeah, I, I don't like that kid either. Mm-mm. I don't have time for that kid. Are you kidding me? 
Some, what is it about YouTube comments? So I was talking about this with a couple guys, and there's this mm-hmm. thing with YouTube. It's like the meanest, like, uh, I don't know. It's not really social media, but like meanest media platform there is other than maybe Reddit. Like, Interesting. The, com- the comments are so like aggressive sometimes. It's like, really? What? Why is YouTube so mean? Yeah, like needlessly aggressive. Like, you know, everyone is entitled to have an opinion, and, and that's great, and we can have a conversation. But, like, I will never, never understand what it is in a person's brain that says, I have 15 free minutes. I need to go and comment, die, kill yourself on someone's <laughs> YouTube video. I, I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I think it's the anonymity or the, you know, like Louis C.K. mentions, uh, you know, being removed from seeing somebody's face, seeing their reaction to something. Uh, and that that's what makes you an empathetic person is, is like when you're a kid saying something mean and going, oh, that didn't feel good. Uh, but I, yeah, with, with the Internet, there is a screen and there is a keyboard and, and that's about it. Um, that's true. Hmm. It's a terrifying place. I mean, uh, does that date me? Does that make me sound super old? Or I'm like, oh, I don't know about the internet. That seems like a place where <laughs> um, those whippersnappers and their interwebs. Oh, <laughs> oh, things I read every day about my chosen political candidate. I just can't abide. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's if it dates me, but I just I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't it's think weird. so. Like, I, mean, like I had a, you know, from time to time I'll make posts about like uh, treating women better in music and, and uh, you know, misogyny and sexism and all that because mm-hmm. it's an issue that I care about. But like uh, I made a post uh, mo- months ago, months ago. And like just the other day I got a comment on it that was like, wow, it sounds like you should uh, go play at a girl's rock camp so that your PC feelings don't get hit or like hurt you loser or whatever. And I, I was like, somebody, somebody went and found a post from two months ago and spent their time commenting on it uh, about my uh, PC fe- I don't know. It just, it seems so surreal to like get that in my notifications where I haven't like, you know, you make a post and you don't think about it again after the day or two passes. Like, I don't know. It's It was weird to me that that's a thing that happens now. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not really sure how to take that. Like, I mean, it's so... I don't know. I, I mean, everybody has, like you say, everybody has their opinion and their feelings on things. But sometimes, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. I don't care. i think that pretty much sums it up like you know and but but, you know by the same token occasionally i'll post my opinions on things and it's like wait a second does anybody really care about this because i know i don't necessarily care about other people's opinions boy i think it's i think it's if i can interject with my opinion (laughs) oh please do sir um no, I think I think it's a it's a perfectly good exercise uh, to get in the habit of uh, when you're about to comment on something, you know, if it's if it's uh, well in any situation, just say to yourself like uh, number one, is my opinion uh, fully formed, or and then two, uh, does anybody need to hear this? Uh, right. And I do that to myself all the time, like, um, you know, with like uh, I see stuff that people do to guitars on the internet all day, and like. 
oh god, some of it is is just awful, and I want to reach <laughs> the screen and be like, no, stop, don't. Uh, kind of like Willy Wonka, you know? Uh, right. Yeah, like I, uh, and I just uh, I refrain now, which is a new thing because I d- I definitely want to be helpful, but I realize that you know uh, unsolicited advice is the giver's gift. It's um, you know, as much as I want to be helpful, it's better when people come to me or, you know, if I see something egregious, I see someone like prying apart the neck of a tailor or something because they're like, oh, I want to see how this is put together. And I can, you know, then I'll say like, hey, wait, do an Internet search. Don't screw your guitar up. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's there's not really a, a benefit to to butting in. Um, especially when your opinion is, is tantamount to here's a great way to commit suicide. Um, <laughs> that's not even really an opinion, is it? That no, that's just, qualify. no, that's just facts. I, if I want to learn how to do that, I can Google it myself. Yeah. I don't Ex- need your help. I, listen, pal, I'm versed in the way of seppuku. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I can gut myself with the best of them, sir. <laughs> Heck, I have a buddy who did it with a frisbee once. Like, <laughs> whoa! Um, you know, like I, I don't know. I and, and I, I realized that I, I, you know, as a, as a human being, like I grew up a sensitive kid. Uh, I was I was terrorized throughout most of my you know formative years, like being overweight and a redhead and being a huge Star Trek nerd. Those were like three things that people hated, apparently, and like. So, yeah, definitely when I read stuff on the internet, like there was a comment a few months ago where someone was like, what did they say? Ah, I think I'm quoting directly. It was, uh, you have such cool stuff, but I've never seen you do anything cool with it. And that was the first thing that I saw when I woke up that day. And it, God, it stuck with me all day. Like, my wife was like, that's just someone on the internet that... um, you know, wishes they had a cool guitar like you have. And I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. And I, I put it away for like half an hour, but then it came screeching back into my subconscious, like, you're not a good, you're not a good player. You're not a good person. Like, <laughs> and, oh, man. Because you're That's, not a good player, therefore you are a terrible person. That's just good logic. I think they do go hand in hand, generally. I mean, oh, no. look, oh, no. look at the best guitar players in the world. They're all fantastic people. Right? Of course, it's just right? good science. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all angels. Angels, every one of them. They donate. They help out. They build schools. Uh, no egos. No egos. No, never. Uh, and that's what really separates us guitar players from the rest of the world is the lack of ego. We're able to step back from ourselves and say, "Hey, <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> this is so dangerous. We're putting this is a guitar centric podcast, and everyone's gonna stop listening. This is this is the uh, this is the episode that kills both of our careers. So this is the this this is the uh, I don't know what you want to call it the death knell of the Tone Knob podcast <laughs> right here. This is the death knell. the The Reaper is knocking uh, on that door. I really um, hope not. I have a list of people who are supposed to come on still, and they're gonna be very offended if I shut down tomorrow. I think. Or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be like, yes, finally. I don't have to do that now. <laughs> have you, you've been interviewed for a podcast before, haven't you? Myself? Uh, yeah. n- no, I haven't. Oh, well, we should turn the table on you sometime. I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't know how, I don't even know what people would ask me. Because my, my whole, my whole presence on, um, uh, 
you know, with the platform that I have is predicated on me talking to other people about themselves because exactly. I'm, not inter- I'm not interesting. You should get some thought to it. That'd be a really fun episode to turn the table on you, get all Larry King on you, like, just ask the tough questions. Get really, oh boy. Get really in there, you know? You'd probably about- be the guy for it. That'd be, dude, hell yeah. Let's, let's schedule a date. I'll do it. All right. Well, yeah, you heard it fun. here first, po- folks. I don't know. Well, I mean, except that this is the last episode. So I guess Ever. we won't be able to do it. Oh, that's right. Well, well, then forget it. It's not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's uh, talk about some guitars. Why don't we? Let's talk I, about guitars. I think that's what we're here for. Or Maybe. I mean, whatever. It's fine. Um, I did want to talk to you about something interesting that we both have a shared love for and oh, interest in, um, which would be the... Uh, yellow cake free burrito. You've been digging Dude. that thing. Oh my gosh, what a pedal. I'm so in love with it. Um, first of all, I have to say that Ryan is one of the nicest people ever. He calls me sometimes just to see how I'm doing, which um, is not a thing that you get from like uh, someone that you're, you're just you know doing pedal stuff with or like you're, you're professionally involved. You don't usually have like People from Fender, people from a a corporation calling you and being like, hey, man, how's your life? What's going on? Oh, I saw that thing that your wife did. That was really cool. Ryan is a genuinely cool guy. And I just... Yes, he is. I'm such a a blessing to to know him, to get to talk to him. So... Yes. Yeah. Ryan, if you're listening, you are quite a guy. He is quite a dude. And I have uh, similar experiences. Uh, We did an episode together. And then since then, we talk on a pretty regular basis and Isn't it's always cool? it's so enjoyable building bridges love it <laughs> building bridges that's what we do here um <laughs> i just i like that pedal there's so much so many tricks up its sleeve i mean it's yeah. pr- it can get pretty hairy like and that's what i usually do with it but it doesn't have to yeah it's uh when ryan pitched the idea of like sending one to me just to see if i you know see what i thought of it uh, he described it as, you know, oh, it gets it gets fuzzy, and, and and he focused on that. But like, the first thing I did when I got it was set it to like an ultra low gain setting, and I was surprised with how expressive and how deep it was. Like, there was a lot of depth and clarity going on in that pedal. That uh, it, it's like Ryan didn't even mention it. I was like, dude, this is this is a huge selling point. Like, I can go from. I hesitate to compare anything to a climb because that's just a ridiculous debate that I don't want to get into. But it really did that like light OD thing beautifully, and then fuzz, and then and then like ridiculous amounts of gain, like just a cool pedal. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. interacts really well, and uh, I just really like it. I, I this is kind of embarrassing, um, but I played it at one of the local shops here in Portland and um, mm-hmm. thought about buying it for a long time. I kept picking it up every time I'd go in there and play in it and be like, oh, I don't, I don't really need this right now, but I really want it, but oh, I don't need it. And then finally, like after we did the podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy that pedal now because. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like, like I just really need to explore, you know, what it's all about. And I owned it for a couple days before I realized that the led was a knob. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is uh one of the, the interesting things like i didn't i didn't really realize that myself uh at first um 
like when I get a pedal, I usually just spin everything. Uh, mm-hmm. just, it's like a habit. I pick it up out of the box. I click the I click the on off switch. I uh, I inspect it. I look at it. I open it up. I turn every knob. Flip the switches. Just feel the pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I completely ignored that thing. And then he was like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a whole separate dial there." Um, and it does a lot. Like it's impressive how how many tones are available from that thing. Like not only just having gain and drive on there, having two separate flavors of of drive. Oh my god! Like I was getting so many interesting sounds out of it. But then to have the ability to starve the circuit was just ah, uh, it was a revelation for me. So, oh yeah. yeah, I really love it. I have a lot of fun taking it and slamming it with a clean boost and dialing the starve knob back and making Ooh. it all spitty and weird. Um, that I haven't tried. It's it's really uh, a fun time. It like gets, lets you do that gated kind of Velcro-y thing, uh, mm. and it just cuts off. You know, you, if you don't hold that note, it just slices it, and it's over. Well, so, I have some more experimenting to do because I didn't even think about that. Like. I feel like there's so much to do with that pedal that I haven't really explored how it interacts with other pedals. Like, I've put it in my normal like signal chain line, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, compression, OD, all that stuff. But like, I haven't slammed it, and I haven't, I haven't kind of, um, you know, done the done the cascading thing where you put something else in front of it. Um, so, God, yeah, there's a lot that I haven't touched with that pedal. Well, yeah, and I'm almost the polar opposite because I haven't had a, a solid pedal board set up for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing, and I keep going. Well, I really every time I go, you know, go to practice or whatever, um, I'm like, oh man, I don't have any pedals together, and I have to like throw them all in a box and have this big mess uh, when I get there. Something I've told people not to do, but I do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> you hypocrite. Uh, yeah, yeah. I kinda... As I say, not as I do, Blake Wyland. That's Blake. that's your middle name right there. That should be the name of the podcast. Do as I say, not as I do. That's that's actually probably a pretty pretty sound advice. I, I uh, kind of want to see that on a T-shirt, actually. <laughs> it would apply because I heard it many times from my own father. So, oh, we need to. Oh, daddy issues, we dude. We gotta talk. We gotta talk, oh. bro. I don't. I don't have issues really. We get along quite famously, but uh, he did make that statement to me when I would call him out on things, like, "Hey, you told me not to do that," and he's like, "Do as I say, not as I do," and he would continue on because he's the man of the house. Yeah. Shut up, kid. <laughs> oh, can you imagine having that kind of authority in your life? I can't. I can't imagine being able to say that and and having a kid be like, "Well, can't do anything about that." Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, I couldn't. So. And probably to this day still can't do much about it. He is quite a bit larger than I am. So, <laughs> uh, have you tried reasoning with him? I don't. Uh, uh, a... As an adult, yes. Not as no, not as a child. No, that's well, all right. I will move on with my life. Back to the Sega Genesis. It is for me. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, you were a Genesis kid. That explains everything. Oh. Uh well yeah um I uh played original NES and and Genesis were my jam for for many years uh, I was behind <laughs> the curve and eventually the Xbox came out and we acquired that yeah. and speaking of my father he became a master at Halo which was really weird because he doesn't what? play video games yeah wow 
Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, I know we're off topic now, but I have to express how like envious I am of that situation. Like my dad and I, we played Super Mario Brothers on the NES together, uh, but the gaming system was mainly mine. And I don't, you know, not having grown up with video games, I don't think my dad really had the the coordination to to like get into the the heavy hitters or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, he's still one of the only like guys I know. Um, that has beat I mean it would just it just was Halo, first Halo, and that's it. That was really his only mm. he just really got into that game and he's one of the only guys I know that has beat it on legendary more than once. So Wow. Yeah. That's and he is impressive. not not a gamer at all, which is the funniest part to me. He's not a gamer, but he went legendary on Halo. That's incredible. Man. It, I couldn't even like I tried level one and I was like, well this isn't gonna work for me. I I give up. Wow. That's what that's what I do when things are hard. I just give up. So, mm. anyway. oh well, uh, you were born what year? Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, child of the eighties. That's that's like our it's like our mo. Netflix <laughs> <laughs> eh. difficult. Eh. Ever since difficult. Netflix came into my life, that's that. I've given up on so many things. It's been great. Oh man, it's really well, simplified my life. And my five-year plan is uh, finish House of Cards. Finish Daredevil season two. Finish. Uh, uh, what else are we watching right now? Um, Jessica Jones, maybe. We did finish that, and I liked it very much. I actually really like Jessica as a character. Um, I did too. I think the idea of a superhero with a person—well, not a superhero, but someone with amazing powers that has no desire to use them—was really compelling to me. Like, maybe it's the eighties. <laughs> <80s laughs> Like, the, the giving up part, like, yes. Like I looked into the TV and I was like, "This this woman can fly, and she's just as lazy as we are." Like this is this is my hero. This is my <laughs> my archetypal uh, Marvel character. Perfect. Natalie, uh, oh, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're never gonna get this back on the guitars, are we? Sorry. No, it's with fine. the video game thing, like your dad, like. Give him a high five to me because honestly, I never could get into Halo. I was always the kid that was late to the party. And so anytime I picked up a controller and tried to hold my own with other people on Halo, like I would just get killed immediately. I'm much more of a single player guy. So heck yeah. Well done. Well done, well, Dad. Well, yeah. I mean, that's me too. I, I am not much of a gamer um, at all. I haven't owned a video game system for years oh, other, than, other than NES. Um, and I fire that up on the uh, very rare occasion. Ooh, I take it back. I forgot. A couple years ago, my wife had a wild hair, and she really wanted a Nintendo 64 for her birthday, so I bought her a Nintendo 64. I forgot about it. Oh, that. give her a high five, too! That's so cool! <laughs> what games you got? Um, she just really wanted to play um, Mario Kart, and so we got Mario Kart, and then I really wanted to play Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, so I got Turok. Oh I can't remember. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to remember. We have more than that, but those are the two that are coming to my brain right now. Oh, my gosh. Turok. Wow. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> How many late nights did you stay up drinking Surge and playing Turok? Well, uh, zero. Uh, my buddy okay. had it, and I barely ever got to play it. But uh, I, I watched him more than a few times. Uh, I had this uh, this friend Josh, who we would um, we would go over to his house, uh, and this was like after high school. I still do this. 
whenever I can. But, like, we would go watch uh, other people play video games. Like, we would pass the controller around, but mainly we'd sit around and drink Mountain Dew. And we had a buddy that worked at Panera Bread, so he would bring over two giant loaves of Asiago cheese bread, and we would just eat that and watch people play video games like Resident <laughs> Evil. Uh, <laughs> it was the greatest, greatest thing of my life. Like, I still enjoy that. If I had friends uh, in Los Angeles, which I, I have a couple, but I don't know if they're gamers, but, like, hell yeah. Oh, my birthday uh, was January 15th, and uh, what I wanted for my birthday was a party where we played Super Nintendo, and so like I, I got my Super Nintendo working and cleaned out the board and, and everything, and we bought Donkey Kong Country, and it was it was a madhouse. People were so competitive. We spent like an hour on Minecart Carnage because uh, nobody could get past it. <laughs> like my friend Jess uh, and my buddy Andy uh, were just sitting here like, "Oh, you're oh, I can't believe you died again. Oh, you're horrible at this." <laughs> it was awesome. Oh my gosh. Best birthday ever. It was wonderful. That sounds like a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really good time. Yeah. I just had was- I just had a thought though, a way to tie this all together with guitar. Um, speaking of what? video games and all this. And I want to know if you have the same opinion that I had about this game. So, back when uh, Guitar Hero was like the main jam, right? Like you go to everybody's house and everybody's playing Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Um I actually played guitar or, you know, as I like to say, beat the strings until they make sound. Um, <laughs> there you go. And I was horrible at that game. And I had a lot of non-guitar playing friends that were really good at it. And I was like, this is yeah. just wrong and weird. And I can't play this at all. Yep. Uh, that is exactly my experience. I Just like the South Park episode, we're like, oh, I could play it. Uh, that was me. That was me every time. I was awful at that game. I remember the first time, I think the first time I played it, it was Black Sabbath. Uh, and oh my God, like I, I lasted maybe 15 seconds. It was awful. I got booed by the the computer audience and I was, (laughs) I was scandalized. I couldn't believe uh, a song that I knew and played all the time. Uh, I I couldn't make it translate to four buttons. Like, right. I yeah. did the same thing with the, I can't remember which Ramon song it was. Like the first time I went into, actually, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video was still a thing the first time I seen that. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, I went into a Hollywood Video and they had their little game zone or whatever it was called. And I was like, hmm, all right, I keep hearing about this Guitar Hero business. I mm. wonder how I can do. I was like, oh, I know how to play that song. I can't remember which Ramon song it was, but something super easy. I mean, well, it's a Ramon song, so... Uh, <laughs> And I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I was like, this is a joke. I went home and played my real guitar and felt better about myself. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the drums uh, translate really well. Like that's, that, I was great at that because I, I knew vaguely how to play drums, and it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, getting anything from me to work on uh, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, any of it, it was awful. What's the, uh, what's the more recent one where you can actually play guitar? I can't remember what that's called. What's um, that called? Is that Rocksmith? Uh, oh, I think you're right. Yes, Rocksmith. I remember. Last time I went home to Pennsylvania uh, to visit family, I was hanging out at a friend's house, and he had that. And it was a little laggy, but like, uh, it, it, it made a lot more sense to me. Uh, we played, what was it? We play, of course, we played Weezer's Say It Ain't So. Of course. Uh, and I, I, freaking, I freaking killed that. Nice. Killed- because I know that song inside and out. 
Um, even though the, the video game seems to have some different ideas of how to actually play it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like the first time I ever had success with a, with a music-based video game. And it felt pretty good. Pretty I'll, have good. To, I'll have to try that sometime. Um, I honestly can say from a, I don't know, business perspective that I don't see that one doing as well for the company that makes it. Um, yeah, you maybe know, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. About when it came out, I was, I was like, well, that's a cool idea because it's a great tool to learn. But the, you know, video games are about, uh, at the core, they're about fun. And I, uh, I know how frustrating learning guitar can be. They can also be fun, but it, it requires, you know, skill. It requires like, you know, doing things over and over and over again. So I, I never bothered to look into how that did. Um, but I, I remember seeing it everywhere for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just remembered the Christian version of that. What was the Christian version? I didn't know there was different was versions. This is completely crazy. no. There's, there's a, a Christian rock band, and it's, <clears throat> it's pretty cool if you know how to play an E chord at the seventh fret. What is it? Okay. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, guitar. Uh- is it just like a praise and worship version or something? I'm assuming. What was it called? There was one called Guitar Praise, but that's not the one I'm thinking. Maybe that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Guitar Praise. You learn something new every day. CNET.com from 2008. Guitar Praise lets you blast that solid Christian rock. <laughs> the innocence of that headline is stunning. Beautiful. They wrote um, that line, and they were like, "This is this is gonna be fine." Let's, let's blast that solid Christian rock. Uh, yeah, but so version. So the, all that to say, this version exists. Gotcha. Yeah, and all of that to say that the yellow cake furry burrito is a fantastic <laughs> pedal that you should try out. In between your guitar hero heroing and your your solid Christian rock blasting. Um, at all, all of it's covered. There you go. So here's, Guitar. oh yeah, I know something I wanted to talk to you about. I remember. What? My brain, oh, my, my brain. I'm so sorry for that 40 minute, uh, excursion <laughs> that we just t- took. Uh, I keep I laughing. This it. is bad. Are you just going to have this episode where you talk and I'm just cackling in the background the entire time? You, <laughs> you could be my, uh, uh, Paul Shear. Was that was that the name of the the uh, the Letterman show band leader? Is it Paul? No. Oh, what's the guy's name? Oh God, I'm gonna kick myself. But you know how Letterman would crack some some wise joke or whatever, uh, and and he'd just be. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me. You That's can just it. you can just riff, and I'll just be back here going. <laughs> actually, <laughs> and then actually that just sounded kind of creepy. I won't do no, that. No, it's not Paul Shear. What is no. it? Max Weinberg. No, 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 that's Conan. <laughs> don't you, don't you front with me on Conan. Um, Paul Schaefer. Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. If you're listening, I'm so sorry I forgot your last name because your your music and your face are emblazoned upon my mind. I I can't get rid of it. Um. Yeah, he was always laughing in the background. That is completely. Uh, not even a thing. I don't know why I was so insistent on finding out what I was talking about, but <laughs> yeah, you're welcome again for another 40 minute interlude. 
uh, between topics. Yes, congratulations, Michael. This episode is now two and a half hours long, and I don't even know what we're talking about. And it's widely regarded as the worst Tone Mob episode ever. <laughs> Historians will look back and be like, that second Mike Adams was... <sighs> the first one was solid, but man, you know, the sequel's just never as good as the first one. Just... <laughs> Well, we as scientists have done our duty. Let's go blast some Christian rock. <laughs> Gotta blast it, man. I, I don't uh, know why I'm so obsessed with that. I think blast is, like, I never say that about any music, and I think it's funnier somehow. You never say blast? Oh, dude, I blast tunes. I just heard somebody blast into Iron Maiden today, and it made me happy. Blast? See, yeah. No, was, they I, were I blasting think of it, it as man. the concussive nature of warfare. I don't think it... Uh, I don't think of it in terms of music, but I'm. That's I'll what rock and roll is, man. It's blasting. It's the no. It's it's warfare, man. It's rebelling against the man and and the government and your parents and. Would you, you would know? You also call it spiritual warfare. Uh, only if you play those Sabbath records backwards. <laughs> or the Beatles. Or oh, the oh, that oh right, it was the Beatles, or, or was it all of them? I don't remember. If you play, uh, did you know if you play Randy Newman records backwards, it's all just recipes. Oh, yeah, good ones? It's, it's like uh, here's a killer fungili, uh, and you can you can find out how to make it. Play Randy Newman backward. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the truth? Uh, yeah. As Go far look as it up. Go Google okay. it. I guarantee. All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Google it as soon as we're done here. Yeah. Go learn how to bake cakes or uh, pasta or any of that. Yeah. All Play right. some Randy Newman backward. Uh, give me that Randy Newman. I love I'm... LA. All that. Just play that backwards. And all of a sudden, wow, that was a great chicken artichoke sandwich. That was, wow. Wow. Look at me. I'm a regular Betty Crocker. <laughs> oh, but, thanks, Randy. Thumbs up. <laughs> thanks, Randy. Hey, it's your old pal Randy Newman. Yeah, and I can just mm. smile in the camera, and my teeth will twinkle a little bit. <laughs> one cup of milk, one stick of butter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. oh, everyone's gonna have really tired of my laughter. Everyone's just... gonna be tired. I'm already sick of myself, so please don't feel too bad. Okay, well, let's see. Where can I go? With it? There was something I was gonna ask you about Nam. Oh, I don't remember crap. what it was. We did it again. Yeah, what was uh, I going to ask you about Nam? You remembered. Oh, Nam. Oh, Nam. Because we actually met at Nam. We, we uh, did face to face, and it was awesome. Like, you were just as personable uh, in person as you are uh, on the phone uh, or on the podcast, and it was it was great. It's you like go, I'm the same dude in both places. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like it's like you're not fake even a little bit. I try not to be. I don't. I think I'm. I think I'm real. Am I a real boy? I don't know. This is the existential portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what is real? Hmm. This feels real. This valve looks real, but I don't know if it is. It could just be a figment of my imagination. I'm literally holding a ball valve in my hand right now. Today's no... topic, are we actually in a virtual reality simulation? Ooh. Is this the Matrix? It could be. Am I if Because if, if this is the Matrix... I want to go out of the Matrix and be plugged back in as Nails as a Nels Klein. If I could do that, that would be great. Uh, 
Me? I, man, I don't know if I could be plugged into the Matrix. Who would I want to be? Uh, just from a guitar playing perspective, I was trying to make it relate somehow. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Not a lot of guitar players that I would want to be. I don't really want to be anyone else. I just want some, some different skills. Man, that I would... That makes I any would sense. Trade, I mean, he's he's gone now, but I would have traded places with Ricardo Montalban in a second. In a hot minute. In a, a hot one. I, you ever, have you ever sat and thought about what the difference between a hot and a cold minute is? Is, there, is there a phrase cold minute that I'm not aware of? No, but there's a hot one. There has to be a cold one. Huh. I mean... Well, I know that there's also a New York minute, which, uh, if I understand the phrase correctly, is, is uh, you know, kind of a replacement for moment. Uh, so do you think a hot minute or a New York minute would be a shorter minute? Do, 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 do. What am we doing? I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what my wife has to put up with every day. This is what my wife has to put up with every day. I'll be like... Just shout something random from the, the living room and she'll be like, what? I'm like, I forgot. What are we talking about? Squirrel. We'll go get it. Oh, man. Babe, when you're, uh, when you're at the uh, grocery store uh, later, can you pick me up a bottle of Coke and some of those chili cheese? Hey, have you ever thought about fire trucks? Wow. They're like, awesome. They're so big. Where do they put the water? Oh, that's right. <laughs> fire hydrants. And then... 15 minutes is gone. My wife's uh, looking at me with this cold, glazed-over expression, and I, and I fear the worst. <laughs> oh, no. That she's finally abandoned, like she can't take it anymore, and the brain function you know is shut down? You know how some people like, have, uh, have, like, blessed are these they who enter here, or welcome friends across their, you know, on top of their door, the entrance to their home. Ours says, uh, uh, abandon all hope, ye who enter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty darn accurate. All right. Well, that's a good deal. I'm God, to think. I'm so sorry. I, am so I don't sorry. have any signs like that. Hmm. Do I no, need a sign? Yeah. Should I, have, I should have a house sign that says something when people walk. Oh, wait, I do have a house sign. I forgot. I've seen it so many times it kind of blends in, you know. Uh, that's... <laughs> That's interesting that it, I forgot about my own house sign. Hmm. <laughs> oh, welcome, Matt, that says, remember, you chose this. <laughs> <laughs> you have no one to blame but yourself. <clears throat> it's all your fault. That's, that is just tattooed in my brain. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's always my fault. And I, I'm okay with it at this point. <laughs> Uh, an embroidered picture of Joe Bluth that says, I've made a huge mistake. Oh, I, I, we, I don't remember what it was. I made a large purchase like years ago mm. of something that I really shouldn't have bought. And uh, I don't remember what it was, a vehicle or something, but it was bad. Like as soon as we, the next day I was like, oh no, why did I buy that? And I texted a picture of Job with that to my wife, and she's like, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it works in all situations. But uh, anyway. Anyway, so back to guitars. Or not. I don't know. We are, we are doing really good. This is about as off-topic as I think I've ever been. 
ever. Again, I'm so sorry. I know it's me. I know it's my fault. Well, I don't know because I was like, I was like, hey, you want to come on the podcast again? And you're like, sure, man. That'll be sweet. And I was like, I don't really have anything planned. We'll just, we'll just talk. So I guess it's really my fault. I should have had some more questions for you, like, ah. like how, like how's Pancake doing these days, dude? Uh, let me tell you, uh, that guitar, it is the only guitar I want to play. Like, and, and that shocks me because I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have some really lovely instruments like my, my ES355 from the seventies that I adore, or, uh, even R2, my other jazz master. I, I love that guitar, but it's, it's really got me thinking about how, how much I want to have a bunch of instruments like I like the idea of having a collection but my god I I want this one guitar and it's covering everything um it's it's better than I remember before I sold it to my buddy Jake um yeah it it is literally the best guitar I've ever played and do do I need anything else I don't know so that's that's a question I'm weighing for myself right now Right. I mean, did you do anything different when it got back? Did you set it up differently, or, or or is it just like you missed it so much that it it? I don't know. What is it? Well, I, I definitely felt the pangs of 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 loss when I when I had to leave Seattle last summer um, after doing that run of uh, shows at Taproot Theater and uh, um, you know where I was using Pancake uh, mainly. Um, but when I when I got we should back, probably clarify for those that don't know, uh, Pancake is uh, Michael's 1961 Jazzmaster. That's there we right. go. Yeah, uh, I'm not talking about a literal pancake, although I <laughs> as well. Uh, uh, but I haven't had a pancake that makes me question my life choices in a good while. Uh, right. But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, so yeah, I definitely I definitely missed the guitar a whole lot, but. Uh, as I do whenever I get something new or, uh, you know, take in another instrument, I, I dismantle them and I go through and just, you know, I, I check up on everything. So I did that with Pancake when I, when I got her, him, it back. Um, and yeah, I, I totally, I totally set it up differently, actually. Like I, I, I put a set of uh, Gabriel strings, uh, lgtsco.com. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabriel super Formos cool dude. Company. Super amazing strings. They're they're the best strings I have ever used, and I've I've used, you know, definitely all of the big boys, but uh, you know, a number of other small companies as well. And Gabriel's just he's he knows how to make a string that will make your guitar quite literally better than it ever has been. Um, so I put a set of those on, and they have a little more tension. The Jazzmaster set that we worked on. Um, so, you know, I had to straighten the neck and do setup stuff. Um, I swapped out the mastery bridge for a different mastery bridge um, just to see uh, if there was any difference. And uh, surprisingly, there's the one that the, uh, it came with, uh, you know, all masteries are fine. But the, I don't know. This one, for some reason, I just like the one that I put on better. It's brand new. Um, the other one is a few years old. Uh, it probably just needs cleaned. Um, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I've never, I've never tried to swap mastery for mastery, but uh, this one sang a little bit more than the other one I have. Um, and then, God, what else did I do? Did I do anything else to it? I just gave it a full once over um, and set it up differently. Put another shim in the neck pocket, and um, 
yeah, it's just it's just the best guitar I've ever used. I I'm so I'm so lucky. But now I'm like, do I need any other guitars? Like everything I've done since I've gotten the guitar back has been on this guitar. I I only want to play it. So yeah, it's good to have it back. It's making me question nice. things. So yeah. Oh oh well. Oh yeah. Oh boy, getting getting questioning questioning the collection. I see. I'm also starting to. Uh, well, I'm I'm also becoming willing to admit to myself that the guitar should get a refret soon. Uh, you know, the the all original thing is great, but um, you know, the, the frets on Pancake are nearly down to the fretboard. Um, so I <laughs> I've got Woody uh, from Mastery Bridge uh, on the line. He he claims that he will do it for me if I come uh, to him uh, and make him some pancakes. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna do that sometime soon, um, and I know I could do it myself, but uh, I don't. I don't know if I mentioned this last time I was on the podcast, but I'm I'm super happy to work on other people's instruments, but when it comes to my own, I'm starting to to I'm starting to stop doing that because my my uh, clinical obsessive compulsive tendencies um, it means that I end up just fooling around with them instead of finishing like I like last time I did a fret job on R2 I spent god I spent like four hours too long on it just like inspecting every minute detail of my fret work um you know even to the point where I was like "Mm, I'm not satisfied and I did yet another fret job and uh it I mean it came out great both times uh but you know I I just get a little too a little too picky so you know, I'm starting to realize that's one of my faults. So having someone else work on it that I trust is, you know, pretty a pretty big deal for me. So I see. Yeah. I see. That's not something I've ever done. I don't I don't do a lot of um like hands on like I could set up a guitar decently enough, you know, for the most part. Like a you know, I've set up my Les Paul a couple times just mm-hmm. when I change string gauges and whatever, but like anything beyond like a pickup swap, I'm just like, where's my, give me the phone. I must call someone else to do this. Like I, and it's weird because I'm, I'm fairly hands-on with things. Like I used to be a mechanic and, uh, you know, have built a couple things in, you know, I've, I'm not the greatest at anything, but I, I can generally fix things. But when it comes to guitars, it's like, eh, I got to find someone who really knows what they're doing, so I don't screw this up. Is it, uh, is it because you get like worried that you're going to mess something up, or is it just uh, is it just uh, daunting to begin with, and you're not sure how to proceed? What? It's not really that daunting to me. I think it is that the latter, the, or the former, or whichever. It's the we the worry about messing something up and not being able to correct it. Um, oh, I see. especially on like anything cool and vintage um (laughs) yeah that was when i started teching like seriously i remember i had my my 99 less plaw geez less plaw uh less plaw less plaw um which is my first like serious guitar and i decided one day um in high school that i was going to um figure out how to do intonation and i spent i spent like three hours moving those saddles back and forth and God, I felt like I was going to ruin my guitar. Uh, and when I finally figured it out, uh, I, know it's, I know it's simple. It's move the saddle back and forth until you, you know, not really back and forth, but until you nail the intonation, essentially. But to me, 
when I started doing it for the first time, it was the scariest thing. I was like, oh, this is never going to play in tune again. Um, yeah, but, you know, honestly, there's really not a lot on a guitar that you can irreparably damage just by doing small adjustments. Obviously, be careful with truss rods, but no, you know, if you're doing tiny increments, I feel like you'll get it eventually. And uh, I know I'm a tech and I make money from that, but I, I try to help my customers be at least partially self-sufficient. Like, you know, if, you, if you're doing a fly-in gig from, uh, you're going from winter in Seattle to, uh, you know, to going to Orlando, Florida, where it's humid, it's good to know how to do those things. Even if you don't always want to do it, it's, it's just good to, to be able to figure those things out, to adjust the neck or to, to change intonation. Um, yeah, it's, it's good, good to know, good stuff to know. So, yeah. And I, and I am pretty confident when it comes to like, regular, like a Les Paul, um, with just, you know, standard two pneumatic setup. I feel like I can, I got a good handle on that probably because that's the guitar I've had the longest and had to do the most too because for a long time that was my only guitar so if i wanted to change string gauges i had to figure out how to make it play appropriately because you know i and right like right now it's strung up with like i don't remember 13s so um just because i wanted to see what it was like and i did that years ago and it was just kind of like uh you know, something that I wanted to try. And if I wanted to try it, I had to know how to do it. And I wasn't about to run it back and forth to, the, you know, the local tech for that, you know. Exactly. Because that can get that can get super pricey or, I mean, just just uh, annoying to, to certain techs. Like uh, the thing that made me want to start working on my guitars uh, wasn't just that I was the most cavalier person uh, in my group of friends, but also that... Um, my local guitar tech in my hometown, the guy that I went to all the time, he just didn't like me or being bothered or any of it. Like when I would come in and say, hey, I think my guitar won't play in tune, he just he just didn't care. Uh, and I know that's <laughs> not all techs, but this guy just rubbed me the wrong way enough that I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. Right. And there it snowballed. Exactly. There it snowballed, and it was like, oh, hey, this is a thing I want to do. So you've done a lot of work on guitars, like, mm -hmm. obviously. So Indeed, I have. have I, one, one thing I don't know if you've ever done, because I've never heard you talk about it, have you ever built a guitar? I mean, I, I'm not talking I, like a parts uh, caster or something, but, like, I don't know. What have you done as far as that goes? I have, I have never built an acoustic guitar, and I think I'd like to at some point. I've built a, a number of electrics, especially for um, uh, Sky, who uh, was in a band called Fleet Foxes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had a lot of weird ideas that he wanted to implement, and he came to me to do them. I built a, a guitar called the Skymaster, uh, which was a Jazzmaster platform built on uh, an all-parts body that we routed for two extra pickups, one behind the bridge. Oh, my dog sees a cat, and he's whining. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, bud? You all right? I know. Hey, man, what's up? I know you want. Hey, Vinny, say hi to the world. Come on, bud. It's just a cat. It's okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you uh, hi, Vinny. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so the uh, the Skymaster had 
a pickup behind the bridge, a Curtis Novak lipstick, and then a middle pickup, which was a vintage D'Armand gold foil cool. um, that measured out at like 10K. So it, it pummels any amp that it's plugged into. Uh, but yeah, I, I made that. I made another one uh, called the, the Shell Stang, which is a, a three pickup Mustang, a three Lawler. I think we used blackface on that model. I'm pretty sure Lawler blackfaces with uh, some extra switching options. Um, middle pickup engaged by one of the uh, the switches on a Mustang that usually uh, selects, you know, pickup and and phase and all that. Uh, but we replaced the other switch with a roller pot to blend in uh, the middle pickup. So it had a lot of really cool uh, options about it. Uh, a lot of cool sounds. So we've done a few of those. Uh, through the guitar shop. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't... You know what's weird is that uh, for all the instruments I've repaired and worked on and improved over my career, I'm I'm less interested in building them from scratch, uh, partially because I know so many people who do that beautifully, and I don't know why you know, I'd want to, but mostly because I, I find the act of... Uh, bringing guitars back to life or making them play better for people, um, you know, essentially helping a person fall in love with their instrument again is far more compelling to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that if I wanted to, I could build guitars and be good at it, but I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I really like taking a vintage instrument and nursing it back to health or having a person come to me and saying like, this just isn't playing right. I might sell it. And then giving it back to him a day or two later and having him go like, oh, my God, this is the guitar I always wanted it to be. Like, there's nothing more thrilling to me uh, in in the tech world than than hearing that. I had a guy come last week with a jazz master who was um, like, oh, this isn't playing right. It's not playing in tune. I can't get the vibrato to work. You know, he had a number of complaints and I, and he texted me after I got it back to him and was like, this is it. I, I can't believe this is my guitar. It, it It's a completely different instrument. It sounds great. Thank you. And um, yeah, I don't know. That just excites me. That that gets me. Gets me going. I see. Yeah. That makes sense. I just thought of a, a question that might be a little bit, a little bit of a sad situation given, Aww. or sad question given your enthusiasm for what you just said, uh, bringing things back to life. Mm-hmm. You ever had somebody bring you something and you looked at it and went, I can't do anything with this. This is beyond. This is, this one can't be saved. Yeah. There, there are a number of things that I won't do. Um, because, uh, again, I know people who are incredible at it and, and, uh, you know, either, either there's that or I'm just not interested in doing them. Um, I had a guy bring me a Taylor acoustic. I think it was a six fourteen. And uh, he said, uh, my, what was it? My girlfriend stepped on it. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere. But, uh, yeah, uh, his girlfriend and, and uh, a bunch of his friends were over uh, at his house uh, drinking, having a good, good time, um, partying and all that. And the case was open. And she, his girlfriend, who was intoxicated, stumbled backward and uh, one of her feet went right through the top. Um, and so, I mean, the top was in six or seven pieces. Oh. I mean, the thing, the thing was the saddest guitar I've ever seen in my life. It was awful. Um, 
and he brought it in and it was like, Hey, can you fix this up? I hear you're great. And I, you know, I thanked him for the compliment and his trust, but I had to, I had to refer him to someone else. I'm sure given enough time and more shop space, I could have handled it, but ah, that just wasn't for me. Uh, mm-hmm. That wasn't the kind of thing I wanted to get involved in. And plus really at that point, replacing the top, uh, would have been a better option, and I just, I just didn't have the materials, nor do I have, honestly, nor do I have the skill to create an acoustic guitar top. Um, so, yeah, something like that. Um, I try not to refuse jobs based on the value of the instrument, although definitely that's a concern. Like, someone bringing me a Squire for, uh, you know, a refret with stainless steel frets, that's like a three or $400 job. And while I want guitars to be, you know, as great as they can be, you know, just it, it's worth saying up front, like, hey, this is going to be double the value of your instrument. You, you might be better served by just simply ordering a new neck from Warmoth or, or a USACG or someone that will, you know, make you a quality neck that already has what you want on it. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, But I try not to, like when people bring me a guitar they bought from uh, one of those Asian uh, copy websites, uh, you know, I I disagree with the whole whole Asian ripoff copy market. But, uh, you know, someone will bring that to me and they'll go like, oh, can this, can this be a good guitar? Did I waste my money? And I, I really do my best to, to help them, uh, know that the answer is yes. Like, I don't want people to, you know, feel like they've wasted their money or feel like, you know, I, I bought this guitar for 400 bucks and it turns out it's never going to play right. If, if there's anything I can do about it, I'll do it. So those kind of jobs, those are really fun for me too, because I get to, I get to go crazy, but, um, yeah. So yeah, there, there have definitely been jobs I've refused in the past. Um, yeah, (laughs) the answer to your question is yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. I like so the answer. Those, is I like yes. those sad questions a lot. Those are sad and good. Well, it's just like I just was wondering if I like. Well, what kind of sprang to mind? It makes me sad just thinking about it. But um, I'm, the internet was all on fire about this a couple of weeks ago with what happened in the hateful eight with that Martin. Oh, um, oh man, there's another internet comment situation. Uh, I commented on the the reverb article. Uh, in my stance on that, like, obviously I, I'm a luthier and guitar tech and I care deeply about historic instruments. Like, please don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I, I have also worked on movie sets and I've worked on TV sets and those are not places that you want to, you know, put a, an, in <laughs> an immensely valuable maybe even priceless historic instrument from the 1800s. Like I get authenticity and I totally like, I understand that, you know, Tarantino's people, you know, hit up Martin. They were like, Hey, we're doing a period piece or whatever. We need an instrument uh, that looks the part. There are, there are so many other instruments that would have done just fine. You don't, you don't right. need to be uh, right on the money as far as era for a guitar like that. You could have just gotten a copy I mean, hell, like even even like a newish um, uh, double odd or something would would have sufficed. Like it wouldn't have looked right, but whatever, it would have been fine. Uh, so I I I don't. My intention is not to criticize, but I I don't understand the thought 
process behind uh, taking a, a, a quite literally a museum piece and putting it on a movie set where stuff happens all the time. And I, you know, obviously there's a lot of blame to go around with the, you know, the, the assistant directors and, and the prop master and people who, uh, you know, their job is to, to communicate, you know, what to do with this or, you know, to make sure that things don't get broken. You know, there's blame there. But right. it's, it's also it's also really unsettling that that instrument was, you know, allowed to be on a movie set in the first place. But that's just right. my take on it. Right. And that is not even close to where I was going with that. But I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah. I know someone someone on the Reverb website commented. It was like, have some common sense. I can't believe that you would say this. This is ridiculous. How would you feel if someone took your prize jazz master and smashed it on a movie set? And I was like. Well, my price Jazzmaster wouldn't be on a movie set. Wouldn't be on a movie set, but even <laughs> if it were, like that would be awful. But I, you know, Martin didn't fully insure that thing, which is also distressing. Which I would have. Uh, also, uh, the comparison doesn't quite work because as much as Pancake uh, invigorates me and makes my life better just by being a part of it, it, it also is. It's a sixty-one Jazzmaster. Fender made a bunch of them. This is not an instrument from the 1800s that there is one of, you know, like mm-hmm. there is a difference. Uh, and even at that point that, you know, uh, we have, we have uh, recent movies where, you know, they used authentic era gear, like uh, the beach boys movie that came out. Um, right. That had all like, good stuff in it. I don't remember if any of it was custom shop recreations, but they very could have very well could have been and it would have been fine. Um but I still I still contend that even though authenticity is great, it still would have been sort of irresponsible to take like I don't know, if you needed like a an early 60s custom color strat which which could easily be like a 25 or $30,000 instrument depending on the color. Um you know, if that's not fully insured, you put it on a movie set, stuff happens. Things get broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But or- even that doesn't quite compare because 30000 compared to Priceless is – that's a completely different wheelhouse. So Right. Well, it's, I mean, I kind of look at it like this is like you want to be authentic and you want it to be real. But, you know – just because you're filming Independence Day doesn't mean you actually need to put explosives in the Statue of Liberty or the White House. You know what I mean? Uh, I thought it. Was, I thought it was a great choice for them to actually blow up the White House because I think I right. agreed that the White House at that point needed a facelift. Um, so, uh, that's. Hilarious. I mean, that's that's kind of where I thought it was. Like, like nobody would have known. I didn't. I watched the movie, enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was what had happened until I'd read that article weeks later. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, huh, yeah. interesting. And there's, there's a lot of speculation about, um, about like Tarantino was secretly wanting that to happen or directing that to happen. And I no, impossible. I you know, I can't, I can't really say either way because I'm, I'm not Tarantino. I don't know what's in a man's heart. Uh, but, you know. Tarantino didn't call cut. He wanted he wanted that reaction. And Jennifer Jason Lee's reaction apparently was genuine. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like it served the scene, and that's what a director's after. But I can't imagine that he actually in, intentionally did that because it's like, oh, this guitar is technically worth more than my entire movie. 
Uh, <laughs> right. I don't think that he would actually do it. I just think, I mean, I don't know the man. I have no idea what it, what goes through his brain either, but yeah. I just can't fathom any person with a semi-reasonable or semi-normal amount of reason saying, yeah, that's what we're going to do on purpose. I just can't, yeah. I can't fathom it. So it's I don't know. super interesting to me. The whole thing is very interesting. And I, again, I don't mean to criticize one way or the other. That's just my gut reaction. That's how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very willing to be wrong, but um, it, it, it seems crazy from my perspective. The whole thing is crazy. So there um, you go. I don't know. What what was your direction though when you asked that question? Because you said I my was in a place. Well, my my uh my question was going to be: Have you ever seen a guitar? Obviously not a Priceless Martin, but a guitar that has been destroyed to that extent that you thought because they 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 pretty much Martin said they they got the pieces back and they were like we can't do anything with this. Yeah, yeah. That, it, And I'm thinking like if it's a priceless instrument, you should. We have lots of technology. I can't fathom that that scene destroyed it so badly that it is absolutely impossible given the, the resources that Martin has and the technology available today that it could never be at least assembled for aesthetic purposes. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah you know, that's a good point. I mean, I, it's highly questionable given the amount of damage that that instrument would be immensely playable. Uh, upon its reassembly, but with with especially acoustic instruments, I feel like there is a point of diminishing returns. Like, you know, seams split all the time. You get cracks in the side, and so you glue them, you clamp them, you you uh, you you take care of them. You reassemble. Mm-hmm. Um, and for most things, uh, it's not a big idea. It's not a big deal. Like on my sixty four J fifty, there are three cracks on the back that I've cleated and glued and. A guitar is as stable as ever. It sounds better than it did when I bought it, uh, when the cracks were open. Uh, but when when a guitar is thoroughly destroyed, like, say, take that Taylor that came into me. When you've got seven or eight splits on a guitar top, there comes a point where you start wondering, uh, is this guitar going to sound good once I've cleated the heck out of it, once I've had to substitute wood or... Uh, once I've, you know, it, like there comes a point where you're like, is this guitar going to end up being more glue than wood? Um, right. And so, yeah, yeah, you could, you could have easily, not easily, you could have, uh, <laughs> with great trepidation, uh, and, and carefulness, you could have, you could have reassembled that top and probably made it playable and probably gotten it to be sturdy, maybe having braced it some more, but I, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't have been totally the same guitar with, you know, all the repair work. You, you, get, in, you get into a kind of a, a ship of Theseus sort of, uh, sort of uh, thought experiment with it because, you know, the, the ship of Theseus, you take off, um, you set sail, uh, things break, you replace them all, and then by the time you get to your destination, is it still the same ship because you've replaced so many pieces? Um like, yeah, you would still be able to say, oh, this is a priceless 1800s Martin, uh, but except for, you know, the 45 pieces of new rosewood that we had to put in or that kind of thing. So there, you, you, there's, a, there's a lot of angles to it. Um, I, but yeah, you probably could have reassembled it. Or, you know, you see rock memorabilia, you see like Pete Townsend's Rickenbacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case. So that's definitely a thing. But going, going to the lengths to fully repair it, 
I mean, you know, this is if we're if we're talking about Martin and a priceless guitar, like I'm sure Martin has the resources, and I'm sure that given the amount of care they put into their their museum pieces, that yeah, I could see them doing that. But you know, what's what's the return? I don't know. I I I just find it weird that it's going to be if they're not going to at least. I mean, maybe they'll display the pieces. I don't know because now there's a story to that. What That's, was yeah, an maybe instrument? It's, maybe but, it's the Tarantino Martin now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm that thing's gonna be. People are gonna go to the Martin Museum and want to, uh, unfortunately, want to see those pieces. I mean, I know I yeah. would if I went there. That's so true. I either want to see the guitar itself, kind of reassembled in sort if if it's even possible i'm totally speaking out of kind of out of turn here because i've never seen it don't know how, the first thing about building a guitar mm. or anything like that i'm just kind of speaking of what are they going to do with the pieces are they going to shove them in a crate and shove them in the back corner of the warehouse somewhere because that's a shame if they're going to yeah. do something they should do something with them because now there's a story and people would like to come see that kind of stuff exactly well they're you know, you could just you could just take all those pieces and sell them as limited edition collector's items. Um, oh boy! Yeah, you know, like people those do would those would fetch a lot of money, actually. You yeah, I mean, yeah, you could totally do that, or you could build you could build a a run of recreation guitars of the Tarantino model or whatever, and you can you can have. Uh, have you ever have you ever dreamed of owning a priceless Martin? Well, here's here's a recreation of the guitar de- destroyed on screen. You could totally do that. Um, there are a number of Ooh, ways you can I got an idea. monetize it, but I got an idea. Check this out. This is what they should do. They should build a run of guitars and, and build a solid guitar, but use a piece of that guitar in each one. That's not bad. You could totally do that. Interesting, or at least inlaid. You could totally yeah take tiny pieces and inlay it in the into the fretboard. Martin, if you do this, I I would appreciate. Uh, exactly of some sort um and then in 15 years you could have george lucas come in and uh reinsert a different guitar into that scene you could have him (laughs) a completely different guitar uh for the special edition of hateful eight like why why i don't understand why she's playing an ibanez gym right now (laughs) (laughs) steve steve Vai walks in and rips a (laughs) kick-ass solo right in the middle of it and Jennifer Jason uh, Lee's expression still works. The shock and the awe yes. are like, oh my God, that man is incredible. Uh, <laughs> what a great guitar player. Uh, and man, he can carry his guitar by the handle. This is so splendid. And then, and then like six or seven do-backs in the background. Just because. Oh, yeah. Lucas. Can't tell George what to do. George will be George. <laughs> Thanks, George. Thanks a lot. Uh, uh, well, Michael, you know. We've done it again. We've done it again. Uh, we've we've definitely. Episode, if that's what you're getting at, what's that? If if you're getting at that, we've made another hit episode. Then yes, I agree. That's what I'm talking about. And you know what? We're going to have to tell everyone is if you listen about 40 minutes in, we actually start talking about related, you know, guitar related things. But up until then, it's all uh, Halo and um, you know nonsense and and food recipes and whatever else we were discussing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, your podcast has a lovely niche that it's carved out for itself, and I have completely ignored that with with this. <laughs> and I do apologize to anyone tuning in to find out what we think of lots of lots of guitar things because uh, there there ain't a lot in this episode.
Next episode, we'll stick straight to the point. Yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. It's all right. I'm just glad that you didn't allow me to get into a tangent about how much I hate the special edition Star Wars. Because, oh boy. Yeah, we're not. No, 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 no. Hold on. (laughs) Easy, boy. Because I could go there too, and we're not going to. Not today. (laughs) This ain't that kind of podcast. Not today. There's already other podcasts for that. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. (laughs) I know a guy who runs a Star Wars podcast, and he's amazing. Well, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. So there you go. That's that's a great story. That is a <laughs> way to ra- way to bring it home, Michael. Way You're to bring welcome. it home. See, thank you. This is why I keep getting on this show. It is. It's for those little gems, those little sparkly gems that you provide. <laughs> little little nuggets, little morsels of uh, wisdom and wit. Yes, that's what we need. That's what we need on this show. God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Stop! Stop apologizing, Michael. You are who you are. Okay. All right. Let's let's bring this home, if you don't mind, because everyone is already. Well, they probably turned it off about forty minutes ago. But if they didn't, and they're still with us, they're just getting ready to go to work. Actually, they turned us off about ten minutes ago because they pulled into work already, and they're sitting at their cubicles and they're wondering why they just listened to these guys. You're gonna have to do this in pieces, and I'm sorry. Well, oh, that's true. There is that. I'm one of those guys, kind of. Sort of. Listen to it at 1.5x speed. You'll be fine. You'll get through it in no time. (laughs) That'd be terrifying. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go back to our first episode and do that. I bet that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Just get get into the tone zone. (laughs) Get into the tone zone. (laughs) So I, I keep trying to cut it off and I can't I can't do it. I can't bring Sorry, it I can't bring myself Sorry. to. This is, All right. this is who I am. We're gonna do it now for real though. We're gonna right. we're gonna shut it down. Alright. Alright, everybody. For Michael, I'm Blake. And for Tarantino, we're sorry. Uh good luck and good tones. Alright, folks, that does it for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Just one quick reminder to head on over to ToneMob.com and join the mob. That is the Tone Mob mailing list, and I tend to drop little nuggets of goodness in there every once in a while. And furthermore, as I mentioned last week, I have a super awesome special secret project that I've been working on for quite a while, and it is about to be finalized and approved and stamped and sealed and all that other good stuff. So it's going to drop there first with extra little perks that nobody else will see. So head over to ToneMob.com, join the mob, look in the mirror, give yourself a thumbs up, and then proceed to have a great week, and I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. 
I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.